Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamonds, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamonds and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history. Try to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your hosts Mike Carter, number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, turning a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley at Apple Bottom Jeans, one forty nine and two, unbelievable. Very pleasant. Good morning to you, everybody. It's Mike Bozich here. You've got first time with Mike and Mike presented by our good friends at the United States Trotting Association. Welcome you on in to the program. Mike Bozich flying solo here today. And we have got a great, great show on tap for you today. So excited about the program uh, here this morning. John Horn will be joining us. Of course, he is the fine track announcer at Vernon Downs. We've got some stakes action coming up this weekend. The Schweig. Memorial, what a great, great uh, couple of races that's going to be. So we're going to talk to uh, John about that. Plus, John's had to make a little bit of an adjustment this year, making the move from Tioga uh, to uh, Vernon. A little bit of a different uh, aspect calling races going from the 5.8 to the big track, the 7 furlong track. So we're going to talk to John a little bit about that coming up in just a moment. Plus, the brand-new director of racing for El Dorado Gaming, Gabe Pruitt, will be joining us. Of course, that announcement made a couple of days ago on usdrotting.com, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see five properties, I believe, that El Dorado Gaming has, it. and uh, just the impact that Gabe has been able to make uh, on the business from a social media point of view. Of course, he is the general, the founder of the uh, Send It In Army, and uh, what great handles that uh, he's been able to generate 
uh, at uh, Pompano and, of course, most recently at Scioto. So we're going to talk to Gabe about that new position uh, as well. Plus, uh, we're going to talk to driver Yannick Shingra. Of course, Yannick making the trip, uh, I wouldn't want to say, well, it's not overseas, but it's certainly north of the border here in the States going up to Canada to drive at Mohawk. And, of course, because of the uh, the COVID-19 situation, uh, Yannick has uh, had to do a couple of different things that he would normally do. Uh, when the American driver is going up to drive in Canada. So we're going to talk to Yannick about exactly what uh, he's uh, kind of going through to uh, get ready to drive up in Canada. So that's what we got for this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's a big weekend in the sport of harness racing. Uh, very quickly, before we get to our first commercial timeout, and to Yannick Shingra, how about another milestone that is about to be accomplished uh, by uh, one of our great drivers in our sport? Of course, Dave Miller is just two wins away from career win Number 13,000. He's got a bunch of drives here today at Harris, Philadelphia. And so very, very well. He did very well reach that milestone today. Be only the fifth driver in harness racing to accomplish that task. What a career that Dave Miller has had and continues to have. And uh, we're going to, uh, well, let's see if we can get it today. Here at Harris, Philadelphia, he's got a bunch of drives. Pennsylvania Stallion Series, Cyrus Things races here today. Uh, at Harris Philly. Yannick Shingraz of the Ondex Circle. We're going to bring Yannick in in just a moment. You've got first time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA. Back in a moment. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging MOA, charging hard at Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Mike Bozich flying solo here today. Right now, let's bring in our first guest on the program. He is driver Yannick Shingra. Yannick, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Well, you have had to go through a couple of uh, different things, of course, and I think everybody's lives have kind of changed with the uh, the whole uh, coronavirus situation here in the States and north of the border in Canada. And, uh, of course, you're going to be uh, going up here to drive Tall Dark Stranger coming up Saturday in the elimination. Before we get to Tall Dark Stranger, tell us a little bit about kind of what you've had to go through to, to uh, be able to go north of the border and drive. Well, I started a couple months ago. Uh, <clears throat> the minute that you know COVID happened and the restrictions came on the border, I, I um, immediately uh, you know went in contact with WEG just to see uh, you know what they were trying to do about it, what the government was asking them to do, and just to try to be um, you know, you know, trying to find out what the rules were going to be, or like try to get at least some some kind of a protocol and um, that I could actually try to follow. I figured Tall Dark Stranger would be going and. Um, you know, it's not the horse or kind of horse like him only come, you know, you know, if you're lucky only once in you know, a couple of times in your lifetime, maybe, but it's definitely, he's the first one like that to be a, a three year old pacing colt of that caliber. So I, I wanted to make sure I, I put the chance on my side to be able to go. So, um, so I got the, the protocols and, um, you know, so I had, a, you know, quarantine and uh, there was chances for an exemption, but, uh, you know, the biggest chance was I was going to have to quarantine. So I, I, I got everything in place that, um, needed to be done and, um, no, thankfully I got lucky at the border. I, I did get the exemption, but I, I definitely did not count on it. I thought it would be a, you know, a long shot, but uh, I, I got lucky and um, I did get it. Well, that's certainly good. And you mentioned uh, Tolbert Stranger, of course, a horse perhaps, but it only comes around once in a lifetime. Tell us about it. And, and it seems like we've had the answer back to on the program. Uh, and we've talked uh, to her about Tolbert Stranger. It just seems like he's, so professional out there. It seems like he, he knows what he has to do, and he just does enough to get the job done. Is that a, a pretty fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, but he, he can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, he, uh, I, I think he's like, no, he's a strong horse. You know what I mean? He doesn't really get tired. You know, they uh, know whatever you want to do. Um, you know, he's had one performance, I think, in his life that, you no, know, in, in, uh, in uh, two starts back, he wasn't quite himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's super consistent. You know, he does what he has to do. And, um, you know, I, I think his last start might have been his best start of his career. I, I was uh, really impressed with his last start, really happy with him. And, um, you know, he's a tremendous horse. There's no doubt about that. Visiting with John Bergonic, Shingrod, they're one of two eliminations of the Pepsi North America coming up on uh, Saturday. You guys uh, in race number six, uh, six to five in the morning line, you draw post three. That's certainly a, a, a pretty good draw. Seen a lot of the usual suspects and a couple of different horses. Captain Midnight, Captain Barbosa, we've seen them before. Uh, Odds on Osiris, a little bit new on the scene. Winner of the uh, Milstein coming from um, coming from Ohio. But uh, tell us about your elimination uh, and uh, maybe kind of maybe not so much tip your hand, but just kind of the strategy of what you're looking to do here. Well, I mean, it definitely. Uh... They, uh, I think on paper maybe it's the tougher elimination, like a deeper group maybe. But the other elimination, mm-hmm. there's no slouch either. You know, you got Ali Wagon, Captain Kirk in the other elimination. They probably uh, second, you know, what I mean, second, third, fourth best. They're top four. You know what I mean? Like uh, on paper, those horses are really good as well. So, but th- this division's probably deeper. But um, you know, you want to get a good start into them. And but uh, no doubt, I'm going to win the elimination. You know, I, I say it many, many times. You know, different times, but. Uh, um, I think it's so important to win those limbs. You know, you get a chance at picking your post for the final, um, which is a huge plus, obviously. Um, so there's no doubt we're going to let a race. You know, he's had a week off. Um, you know, he was tremendous his last start. He's ready to go. And, um, you know, so we're going to go there to win. No matter what, no. He, do, he doesn't need a certain trip, so I'm not worried about that. We'll see uh, 
what everybody else does. Postery, obviously, is ideal. Um, no, uh-huh. no complaints there. I'm, I'm really happy with the post position, and um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, he, he can race on the front, he can race from behind. I mean, he can rough it up. It, it doesn't matter that part. So uh, we'll just play. A, we'll, we'll raise the race as it comes to us. Visiting with driver Yannick Shingro. Yannick, let's uh, before we let you go, let's kind of talk about on a personal level. I mean, everybody's kind of had to deal with this whole, you know, coronavirus situation a different way, and we really haven't had you on uh, since this whole thing kind of started and kicked into full gear. How has it kind of affected uh, you and your family? What kind of uh, precautions have uh, you been taking personally to kind of deal with this? Well, you know, as a family, you know, of, of course, in the spring, now like everybody else, we, we didn't we didn't do much. You know, it was it was kind of a good time to uh, just be together, and and uh, you know, we were half quarantined anyway, you know, for like a month anyway. So uh, kids, you know, finish up school, um, you know, with remote learning, and you know, it's kind of challenging at times for them, and it's different, you know, not to see their friends and stuff. But uh, since then, you know, it's life is somewhat, you know, back to normal, you know, in, in a way that, um, you know, you try to, you know, be safe and stuff, but, you know, you got to enjoy life a little bit. So the kids are back doing a little bit. Of, they were anyway, now, now I hear they're here in Canada with me, but they were back to doing a little bit of their activities, riding, and, you know, Jaden's starting to, uh, as hockey started back up and, um, but they have, they have strict, strict protocol in place. You know, they, they can't, they don't use locker room and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different for everybody, but uh, you make the best of it. And, um, everybody's in the same boat, right? So you try to be safe, try to be respectful of others, and and trying to live your life uh, the best you can while being the safest you can be. Also. Yeah, no question about it. Well, Yannick, let's we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to you uh, come Saturday up north of the border, my friend. Thank you very much. That was driver Yannick Shingra. Of course, he will be driving Tall Dark Stranger coming up on Saturday, Pepsi North America Cup Eliminations. Uh, really, really good card coming up on Saturday uh, at uh, Woodbine Mohawk. And uh, there are two eliminations of the Pepsi North America Cup. Tall Dark Stranger uh, drawing post position at number three, which will be race six on Saturday. The second elimination, which uh, will feature Alleywag Hanover, the heavy favorite then, sub of the five, Captain Kirk, nine to five from the inside. That will take place on race number eight. Also a big weekend coming up at Vernon Downs, and we're going to talk to their fine track announcer, John Horn, all about it coming up next. You've got this time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA. Back in just a moment. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org.
Millstream Farm has been breeding and raising standard bred trotters for over 21 years at its Kentucky farm, and we've just completed the third full year of operations in New Jersey. Our Kentucky farm is located just minutes away from Fasig Tipton and just a mile north of the Kentucky Horse Park. Our New Jersey farm is located in Allentown and is one of the Garden State's most beautiful, a pristine 76-acre preserved horse heaven. Our New Jersey location includes farm turnouts, broodmare boarding, weanlings, and yearlings. We also sell a consignment of trotters every year in Harrisburg. For more information, visit MillStreamFarm.com. That's MillStreamFarm.com. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on Post Time with Mike Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Bozich flying solo here today. Don't forget the brand-new director of racing of El Dorado Gaming Game Pro will be joining us towards the top of the hour. But right now, the fine track announcer at Vernon Downs, our good friend John Horn. And, John, I'll tell you what, you've got one heck of a card coming up on Friday with uh, both these rides. One of them, uh, of course, uh, for the three-year-old Phillies and it's a small field, but boy, I will tell you what, it's uh, on paper, it's certainly stacking up to be quite a race. It is loaded. Uh, the great Ramona Hill um, coming off the Hamilton. I, I think we're really lucky of, of the Hamiltonian. We have the top uh, three from the Hamiltonian, and then the top two are going to be in this one as well for the. Uh, Hamiltonian Oaks. So between both races, we, we've got the best trotters in the country for three-year-olds, and we're real excited, and it's just an amazing, amazing card. You're right, it's just got five horses, but three of them are amazing. Uh, I mentioned Ramona Hill, of course. Uh, I was driving home from um, the Meadowlands Act, because we race at 3 o'clock, so I was driving home from uh, Vernon Downs, not the Middlelands, and uh, so I was listening to Dave Brower and and the show, and then when I heard that the elimination was going to happen for Mona Hill, I pulled over to the side of the road. I was on the highway. I said, "I got to see this race," and boy, did she not disappoint! No, certainly not. And uh, I'll tell you what: you take a look at some of the other horses in that particular race. How big was Sorelli in her last out uh, in the uh, Hamiltonian Oaks? Hypnotic. AM is another one that is just very, very dangerous. And you've got uh, Fortune Starlet and Tricky Sister. But let's talk a little bit about Ramona Hill. And, uh, you, you know, we talk about her effort, uh, of course, in the Hamiltonian. But what about the the Hamiltonian elimination, where she was really stuck behind just sputtering cover, and she was able to sweep on past. I mean, just an amazing turn of foot for her. Yeah, that's actually the race I was talking about. I pulled over and listened to that race for the 
Hamiltonian elimination, and it's unbelievable. And I'm glad I got to that I pulled over and got to watch it because it was it really was unbelievable. I was like, well, she'll qualify, but she was just incredible again against uh, great horses. <laughs> she just made it look easy. And of course, what a great year driver Andy McCarthy is having. Uh, now you know, he, he, here's the thing, Vernon Downs. It's uh, it's a little bit of a different configuration, you know. It's a, it's a seven furlong oval, and it's going to be interesting to see, I think, kind of how these horses, uh, you know, make the adjustment to that particular racetrack. Because it could be a little bit of a, I mean, it's it's just a different oval in terms of configuration compared to the Meadowlands or, or some of the smaller tracks. Yeah, we the the home stretch is just it's nine hundred feet and. It's a long home stretch, and it, and as I've watched, this is my second year at uh, Vernon after a couple of years at uh, Tioga, and you, just because there's a horse leading at the top of the stretch doesn't mean that that horse is going to hang on. Because uh, I've had a lot of last to first, nobody's out of a race in Vernon Downs once you get to that home stretch. Visiting with uh, Vernon Track announcer John Horn. John, I want you to hold that thought because that's a question that I'm going to address with you in just a moment. But I do want to take a look at the very next race, which is race 11 uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and this is for the males. They're going for $330,000. This a uh, little bit more of a, uh, a wide-open race, I would think. I mean, ready for money, the second-place finisher in the Hamiltonian, obviously, uh, is uh, going to be the, a big threat there. Back of the neck has had a lot of success so far in uh, his five starts so far as a three-year-old. He's got a couple of others. I think uh, a third shift, uh, I think, is a, is a pretty nice horse that is sitting on a big effort. I've had a chance to see King Alfonso here uh, at Harris, Philadelphia. Uh, so this is a little bit more of a wide-open race. Ready for money, probably going to be the favorite. But uh, I think that uh, he's going to have to work to uh, take it down. Yeah. Uh, our track records, overall track records, is 150-3 set by the Great Atlanta. I think this race is going to have a chance to do it. With, with mm-hmm. the Phillies, they definitely could do do it too, but um, with just five horses, I don't see it. But with nine horses here, um, they're going to be pushing each other. I, I really think there's a good chance. Uh, we I, I've got the call. Uh, third shift was in the EBC, and third shift uh, loves this racetrack. Uh, ready for money, uh really what was the one that could beat uh, Ramona Hill the last time and mm-hmm. uh, back of the neck. I mean, we're again, just loaded. Uh, like you said, King Alfonso, I haven't got to call that, but I know you have. And um, it's pretty amazing. And Chapiana with Josh Schmidhammer uh, has won three in a row coming in here. Uh, I, I think, I think there's five or six horses that can win this race. That's, uh, once again, that's coming up on Friday, plus there's Excelsior Action, New York Sire Stakes races as well. So big time coming up on Friday night uh, at Vernon Downs. Uh, John, you've had to make the switch. Now, you, of course, were the regular track announcer at Tioga, have since moved to Vernon. Of course, Tioga 5-8 mile track, Vernon, a much bigger racetrack. From a calling point of view, John, what adjustments have you had to make switching from a, a smaller track to a bigger track? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when I first did it, I was like, oh, my goodness, am I really doing this? <laughs> because it, it, it's, it's, it is a huge difference. Um, I, I think the biggest thing 
is the angles. Um, you, you you have to know the different angles that you can pick up the horses on, um, where it was definitely a lot different from the five eights. Um, I, I have a quick story about uh, Hypnotic AM won the EBC, and it was 11 horses in that race, and I had dropped my um, binoculars just before the race, a couple of minutes before the race, didn't think anything of it. Um, with 11 horses in there, I, I go to t- use my binoculars on the first turn, and um, I had a little problem. I was seeing double, so I saw 22 horses with that first turn. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, was, that was tough, but uh, I, had a, I had to call the rest of the race with one eye, so that was really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, a, big, a, big, a big track with 11 horses. Yeah, that's not a great time to be trying to have binocular difficulties. Oh, that's for sure. I listened to me <laughs> listen to my call to that again and I could I could tell when I was like just saying to myself, Uh oh <laughs> Uh the good thing about Nikon is they replaced those binoculars <laughs> but uh it didn't help me at that that race, but uh yeah, of all the races it had to be the one with eleven in it. But yeah, I I'll tell you when I first got in here, I'll be honest with you, I was like, I hate this track. I'm like what 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 is going on? But as I got to do it more and more, um, there's no other place I'd rather be now than Vernon Downs. I just love it. And then uh, the view from from uh, my seat, which is way up there, by the way, I think I counted. I have 183 steps to get to um, my booth, and uh, that. But um, that now I love it. The people there are unbelievable. It's it's one big family. Uh, I love the I love the drivers. I, I love the um, the owners and the trainers and and everybody there. It's it, it's it, we're it's a small community and it's it's just so it's so so beautiful. And uh, to say I didn't like it at first is an understatement. But I love it there now. And I, as I said, I would there's no other place I'd rather be. And looking so forward to these two swag races, which is amazing that it tracks in the middle of nowhere is having these unbelievable uh, races. All right. Well, John, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you come Friday. We're looking forward to it. And uh, and uh, no more drop of the binoculars, my friend, especially before them two big yeah. races. I, get, I got an extra <laughs> set in case that ever happens again. <laughs> Thanks so much. There you go. Good deal. Thank you so much, John. We appreciate it, my friend. All right, that was John Horn, the track announcer at Vernon. They've got a big weekend. Of course, don't forget the Gold Cup and Saucer uh, coming up uh, as well. So a big weekend of harness racing. Uh, if you're a harness racing fan, this uh, can't miss weekend. Uh, so make sure you're tuned in and, uh, hey, head to an, uh, a uh, ADW uh, near you, right on your computer, or if you can get to an ATV or perhaps you can get to these tracks live, even better yet. So lots of to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Our good friend Gabe Pruitt will be joining us, and uh, he is the new director of racing for Eldorado Games. I can't wait to talk to him about that, plus much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Back in a moment. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit WinnersCircleRacing.net. That's WinnersCircleRacing.net. Here comes the charging moa. 
From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USDA. Mike Bozich flying solo here today. Right now, we are joined by the brand new director of racing at uh, 4L Dorado Gaming, the one and only Mr. Gabe Pruitt, the general and founder of the Sended in Army. And uh, Gabe, you know, we talked, uh, we just uh, got off the phone with John Horn, and uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, tracks, making adjustments as far as race calling goes. And he's had to make the adjustment from the 5 inch to the big track. Of course, one of the easiest tracks. Uh, to call at is the Red Mile. Now, Dave, do you do binoculars there, or do you just do it to make it up? You know, I actually thought John was talking about the Red Mile when he talked about how terrible the angles were <laughs> and how many steps it took to get to the top of the grandstand. So uh, I can relate uh, to what he is discussing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's much easier to call races on the smaller tracks. Uh, when you get on those bigger tracks, uh, obviously, as we know, you have to really uh, uh, watch yourself. I do use binoculars at the Red Mile. I I do not typically use them on a 5.8 or half track. I have them in my hand. I typically just don't uh, use them unless, uh, obviously, there comes a spot where I need to. Now, do you use binoculars at the Red Mile or a telescope? Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's a better question. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, you, you, you could get by with a telescope, believe me. It's, uh, it is tough. Uh, again, I was sitting there listening to the end of that interview, and I said, wow, you know, that's finally someone that, that feels my pain. I, I can I – can, literally understand exactly what he's saying all right well gabe let's uh let's talk about your brand new position the brand new director of racing uh for el dorado gaming and uh i'll tell you what this certainly is, is, a, is a great opportunity uh for you and and you know i mean what you've done online and you know with ascended in army and and, and everything just a remarkable remarkable job uh, making awareness, promoting our sport, promoting our game, trying to, you know, hey, let people know that, you know what, there is value. Money can be made uh, wagering on our product versus, uh, you know, versus other forms of gambling out there. But we'll get into that in a moment. But tell us about uh, kind of how this uh, this whole thing came about. Well, it happened, um, I guess, rather quickly, Mike. As you know, uh, I was done a Pompano over the course of the uh, – winter and and we actually uh stopped racing there around mid-march and i was hanging out uh, down there uh just uh laying on the couch for, for that matter wait, waiting for for something to pop back up i didn't really have anything uh scheduled until i would head to lexington which was typically after the pompadour meet in late may and joe morris had called me joe's been a, a friend of mine former boss in the past and and he at that time uh had taken the role of senior vice president of racing for for caesars and uh or I suppose El Dorado at that point before the merger. And 
they were working on getting Sauer Downs back back off the ground, and uh, he really thought uh, he was confident that that Ohio was going to be one of the first states to let racing resume safely, and and he was um, looking to to come in and, and try and get things cranked back up here. And it was a little bit of a difficult situation because obviously the the, the entire operation, casino, racetrack was shut down, so they didn't have. Uh, many bodies, for that matter, on the property. And, and as you know, Mike, there's a lot to be done when you're trying to get a race meet going. And this uh, mm-hmm. pandemic sort of struck when a lot of those uh, preparations would typically be made, you know, two and three months out. So uh, he asked if I if I would come up uh, and, and help try to get things rolling. And, and I'd ask, well, what, you know, exactly, you know, what do you need me to do type deal? And he said, well, we'll figure it out when you get here. <laughs> so, so we have uh, – <laughs> We've, we've came a long way uh, from that point at Sauter. You know, obviously we got things things going, and we were fortunate to be one of the first tracks back up and going. And he had discussed, um, you, you know, that possibility with me at, at, at several times. As you know, uh, I haven't always had a, a long-term commitment schedule <laughs> when it comes to my, my game plan. And uh, this, I think, is going to work out perfectly because I'm very excited about it, Mike. Uh, it's going to allow me to, to continue uh, at Pompano for the vast majority of the winter, uh, and, and, I, and I like that. And there's going to be plenty of action uh, otherwise as well. With you guys up there at Harrisville, you, you race a, a long calendar and a long season. You know, we've got uh, both of our tracks in Indiana with the, the thoroughbreds over at Indiana Grand and, of course, Hoosier Park. Uh, Scioto has, has become a, a love for me, you know, personally. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, my time here, and, and actually I'm going to uh, – probably spend uh, the, the remaining couple of weeks of the meet right here at Sauto. Uh, so it, it's it's great. And, of course, we've got the thoroughbred property down in, in Louisiana as well, Louisiana Dam. So, you know, there's a lot going on. But, uh, you know, Mike, I, I'm an action guy. So, so action is a good thing. No question about it. Let's get into the, There's a lot of behind-the-scenes things, I think, that happen. Uh, you know, that a lot of maybe the casual fan, even the advanced player, uh, isn't aware of in terms of what uh, we have to do to generate handle. And one of the things uh, that I'd like to talk to you about is, is something that, uh, believe me, every other day we see it on Twitter, see it on Facebook, uh, and it's uh, certainly a necessary evil, in my opinion, and I'm sure yours as well, is the drag. Talk to us a little bit about the drag, and do you see it? Where do we see this thing going, or do we see it kind of staying the same uh, as far as a, a, a drag is concerned? Of course, when we talk about drag, we're talking about minutes past zero. And I, I thought we were only dealing with softballs today, Mike. So uh, <laughs> okay, I, I don't mind. Nothing is off limits, my friend, as you know. But here's the thing: I actually was just responding to an email about a uh, to a, to a customer and a friend, for that matter, that uh, had had a concern over the drag. But the way I responded to that, uh, Mike, I think it's much more important for for proper post time scheduling. I think that's mm-hmm. the key. Uh, and it, um, and we just want to get those races off in our, in our best possible situation where we're not facing as much competition. So, if, you know, if we can have a five-minute window uh, where we are basically the only game and we're the, we're the next track to go and there's not another track going for another, you know, say five to six, seven minutes, I mean, that, that's a huge key. You know, as you know uh, from watching your handles right there at Aris Philly, you know, when you get a race in a great spot and you're not near any of the major signals, you know, you'll bet a, a very good amount of money and, and uh, vice versa when you get a race uh, up against a couple of people, which is going to happen from time to time. It's never a perfect science. 
uh, you know, your handle is, is adversely affected. So I, I think in terms of drag, you know, my, my key is to try and get races off every 19 to 22 minutes. Uh, that That's the key. Mm-hmm. We need to keep it moving along, keep it rolling. You know, no one likes a, a, a long drag. And when the races felt like they're, they're really uh, strung out, there's so much dead air time. Uh, that, that's, that is a drag, uh, so to speak. So I think as long as we can keep the ball rolling, uh, you know, what we've done uh, in most of these tracks uh, that I've been at, uh, you know, at Sauda, for instance, we have a, a five-minute drag, which in terms of uh, competitors these days uh, doesn't seem uh, overwhelming. But we try to keep it moving along because we, we try to keep on a typical basis. You know, like I said, race is taking off every 19 to 22 minutes. I think that's the key. Now, that's not always going to be the case because occasionally sometimes if you hang a few extra minutes, it's going to put you to a much more advantageous spot. Uh, but, you know, a three or four minutes here and there is going to mean a, a 40 or 50% boost to your handle. You know, every gambler I speak to would gladly give up three or four minutes uh, to bet into a much larger pool. So I think that, that's the key. Uh, a lot of times, Mike, we, we get um, – a lot of the comments that come from, from folks on the drag might not be as much the gamblers uh, on that side as it is the, the folks that uh, maybe are, are owners or obviously very important that are just watching the races or are fans that are watching the races. So, uh, you know, I think you've got to keep things within reason, and, and I'd be the first to admit that uh, we have gone way overboard <laughs> at, at several different facilities. Uh, so – I think that uh, it's a happy medium, but I think the most important thing, way more than any drag is ever going to do for you is you've got to have proper post-time scheduling, and that's my key. You know, a cookie-cutter format of hanging 10 minutes a race or 12 minutes a race and just going and not paying attention to other signals and not looking at what we're doing is not going to be uh, in our playbook. No, it, it has certainly uh, become an art, so to speak, and uh, it's a challenge. And uh, you know, Mike Carter and I, and well, you and we, all three of us have had that discussion on this same program. Let's switch gears a little bit, Gabe. What, in your opinion, is the Gabe Pruitt dream wagering menu? We'll just say on the ten race card. What what bets on there would you like to see, and what types of bets would not be on a Gabe Pruitt dream uh, wagering menu? Well, that's that's a good question, and uh, without uh, I don't want to get uh, I don't want to offend anyone. Maybe with what what I would not have on there, but I'll definitely get into the the point of what uh, I'd like to do, and maybe what what we'd like to do moving forward. And I think we've done a lot of it right here at Sauder Downs. I think uh, we've got we've created a a carryover potential menu. Uh, no, some days like last night, we're not going to have a single carryover. Things went went rather to form, but we want to have wagers that can trigger opportunities out there, as you know, Mike, for horse players. When you get a carryover and you can negate the takeout altogether, by the way, takeout, another big issue that we're going to look at, uh, you know, takeouts uh, need to be within reason. So we're going to be uh, really looking at that across the board. I'll say that first and foremost. Uh, but when you get a, a wager out there that you can create a, a takeout, which will negate, uh, create a carryover, rather, which will negate the takeout, it's such an advantageous spot for the horse players. You know, at Sao you know, we might have a, $2,500 or $3,000 super fix to carry over. We're seeing 10 times the volume wagered into that uh, next pool. I know you guys have super fix to carry over opportunities uh, there as well. You know, you've, you've got to get your minimums in the right spot. I think you guys are limited to eight horse fields, Mike, if I'm, if I'm correct on mm-hmm. that. Uh, that. That makes it a little more difficult. You've got the 50 cent uh, super. Uh, you know, at Sauda, we have 10 horse fields. 
So we've gone to a 20 cent superfactor. That's that's also to help our friends out north of the border. As you know, they can't play into 10 cent minimums. So we like to keep things uh, uh, on the fair for them as well. So so that's why I went to a 20 cent minimum. When you've got 10 in a field, you know, 20 cent minimum, you're still going to be, be able to create a carryover uh, once in a while. You know, if if a crazy result comes in. So I think the multi race bets, Mike are the wave of the future as you know the last five years or so i mean these things have just exploded so you're crazy uh not to investigate um a, a lot in, in in those and and uh they um I, I think you know the 50 cent pick fives are great the, you know the pick fours the, you know as many of those as we can have i don't typically like for those sequences to overlap although that's going to happen from time to time so i think you've got to look at your Number of volume of races, for instance, here at Saudo, pretty much a, a, have a jam-packed menu, but we have a large volume of races. You know, we have a pick four that kicks right off uh, at the start, the first four races. We go right into a low takeout pick five, uh, races five through nine, and then we and then we circle back with another late pick four that starts on race ten. Uh, so that that gets you through a thirteen race card. We add in a pick six as well, a couple of non-jackpot I fives that have carryover potential. Uh, so I think you've just got to have a, a little bit of everything. You know, at the end of the day, you want to look at your overall handle, you know, and make sure that you've got enough liquidity out there to add those types of wagers. We certainly don't want to dilute uh, any any race by race pools. You know, if your if your if your handle is a certain amount, uh, you don't want to divide that money up all over the place, and it makes it uh, where where no one can really make a substantial wager in any pool. So I think everything has their own unique uh, opportunities. And, and and potential, uh, and that's what we're going to be looking at. And uh, you know, as I visit the properties and talk to uh, to sharp people like yourself uh, at each of these properties, I'm going to uh, to try and take a long look and, and get some good ideas uh, from the people that have been there day in and day out, uh, and some of the customers that play those facilities on what we can do and, and maybe what we can do better. All right. Well, Gabe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it, 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 I, you know, love talking to you because you kind of get an education on, uh, you know, I, 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 and I'm I'm not sure I'm putting this the right the right way, but how a gambler looks at it from the inside, and you know, I've always thought, you know, like like when we used to have the uh, staff meetings at Hazel Park, I always thought, you know, uh, I mean, we've got the facilities guys there, and we've got the mutual manager there, and we've got this one there and that one there. I've always thought, you know, maybe we should bring a couple of gamblers up there, a couple of our patrons, a couple of our customers, to try to, you know, tell us what they want. And and you know, and a lot of it, it's good because, you know, we have to as a business definitely start focus, focusing on the gambler again and giving. Uh, I think we've got a good product. I think horse racing is very exciting, you know, but we have to, I think, concentrate and give the gambler what he or she wants. I think you're 100% right, Mike, and it's so much easier these days with social media capabilities. I mean, you can interact, uh, be trade uh, messages with, with people out there, and uh, some of the sharpest people uh, are gamblers. I mean, I think uh, that it's maybe taken the industry a long time to realize that, but uh, as you know, you're out there on the social media platforms and things, and, and we have got some very sharp horse players out there. Uh, some, in fact, uh, make their living a wager on horses, and, and those are the guys that, that we need to be listening to. There's no question, and uh, obviously everything's within reason, and, and we have to uh, operate on the management side of the business as well. Uh, but there are many, many great things that I've implemented. In fact, I would say most, uh, if not all, <laughs> the things that I have done have come through discussions uh, with other gamblers. It's just that you'd be crazy in this era 
not to listen to your customers. I think on any business, but, but particularly ours. No question about it. Game, the new director of racing for Caesars Entertainment. We certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and we'll be talking to you real soon. Sounds great, Mike. Look forward to uh, getting up your way soon, and uh, and you can show me around there at, uh, at Harris Philly. Sounds good, Gabe. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt. He's the new director of racing for the Caesars properties, and uh, I'll tell you what, certainly one of the young lions of this industry, uh, and uh, hey, he's not very hard to find, very accessible, perhaps one of the most accessible people in the sport of harness racing, always on Twitter, always on Facebook. Fine track announcer as well, as, as, so you can hear him at the Red Mile. You can also hear him uh, at uh, the Pompano. Uh, the Pompano. We're getting used to calling it the Pomp. But uh, Pompano, which, of course, the winter capital of harness racing. Going to wrap this thing up, and we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike presented on the USTA. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Back here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA. Special thanks to all of our guests here today, John Yannick Shingra, uh, track announcer John Horn, and of course the new director of racing for the Caesars Properties Game Pro. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us, and we will see you tomorrow. Or excuse me, tomorrow. We'll see you next Thursday. The first post of 10.30 a.m. Good night, everybody. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't Stay here I know